But I just want to tell you, as someone who has pushed through a lot of these conversations recently, like not only in business, but personally and personal things, um, something inside you tries to avoid conflict because there's breakthrough on the other side. and welcome to the Cypress Room. We're so glad you have come back for episode two. We are newbie <laughs> podcasters. We appreciate all your grace and all your love. I'm Christina Mascari and I am a DIY influencer and content creator. And this is... <laughs> I'm Meggie Honeycutt. I am a brand builder. I own a boutique agency helping creators get monetized and get paid for their work. Amen. We need more of that. <laughs> and if you're new to the Cypress Room, we dive deep into influencing with integrity in every area of your life. So if you're an influencer or content creator, this is the place to be. But if you're not, we I think we still have something for you. Absolutely. So um, we are, this is just our second episode. Yes. We are doing this very scared. We don't know <laughs> what we're doing. We don't have a producer. Nope. We don't have a sound engineer. You're looking at the team. <laughs> You're looking at the team. Um, so we really just, as we mentioned in the last episode, we really want to encourage you guys to do things scared, to do things before you're prepared because you never know where they're going to go. And that's kind of how my whole story has happened, how I do what I do today because I just kind of did it and figured it out as I went. So we want to be an encouragement to you in that area. And today what we really want to talk about and dive deep into is how you actually get paid for making content, whether it be on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, any social platform, Facebook, <laughs> Pinterest, yeah. you can really put video up and earn dollars in a bunch of different places. Um, so we're kind of kind of pull the curtain back and take away that mystique. If you don't understand how that works or understand how people get paid, we're going to talk about that a little Absolutely. bit today. Um, and so if you haven't ever watched any of my other stuff, I make tutorials and videos making over furniture on YouTube primarily, but I also do short form content on Instagram and TikTok now and how you get paid for that. Um, so particularly on YouTube, when you start getting views and a certain amount of subscribers, you can be in their partner program. And what YouTube does is they run ads during your videos, and then they will split those profits with you. So it's called the YouTube partner program. So anytime I put a video up, I have a chance to earn income that way. Um, with Instagram and TikTok, they haven't really figured out how to monetize content yet. They've done some bonus programs. Um, TikTok has a content creator program as well, but you really just only earn pennies for that for your content. So the most of the way that people I think are earning money is through brand partnerships. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would agree that brand partnerships, if you really want to make a significant income being a content creator at some point, you're going to have to consider brand partnerships. And I know Maggie's been working with me for about like three years now. Yep. Is that right? Three years. Um, so she's seen my rates grow and mm -hmm. it's, ba it's based on a, a bunch of different factors. It's based on like how big you are, like the makeup of your audience, um, what, you know, the age ranges are, the countries that people are watching you from. 
Um, and just like how many views you've been able to get in the past. They look at a bunch of different factors when you're walking into brand partnerships. And I know people might look at me and I'm a person that has really a really big following. I wouldn't say really big. I have a significant following on a bunch of different platforms. So we have been able to, you know, constantly increase my rate. But I know you work with some people that are smaller creators. And I'd love to hear like what you think if there's a certain amount of followers you have to have to start looking into doing brand partnerships. I think it used to be more true that you needed a certain amount to start engaging in brand partnerships. But I think now more than ever, if you're creating quality content, if you have good video skills, if your sound is great, if you're a very natural and engaging personality, I think really you could start getting brand partnerships at 25,000 followers on Instagram. Um, because a lot of I'm, what I'm seeing now as it's changing too, it's more about the quality of what you're putting out than necessarily having a humongous following. Um, I think it's kind of both those things together, like how engaged your community is, the quality of what you're putting out, and whether you're really influencing people's decisions on the products they're buying. So cool. Yeah. I love hearing your input because I know you like we've both we're both newbies at this. We're I mean, I basically would you know, call I mean this it just is constantly changing. I feel like we've been working together and doing this for three years and the type of things that we were doing three years ago are completely different than the pitches we're sending out now. Absolutely. Um, so I don't know if you wanna like I think it would be really cool to have you talk about what a pitch looks like because I know there's people out there like yeah. I have never, like I have 25,000 followers. I have 5,000 followers. How do I even reach out to a brand? Like how do I even start doing that? Well, I would say your first step um, where we've been most successful in getting in contact with brands is through DMs for the most part. Um, I think another way some people have had success using like a LinkedIn premium type account okay. and um, messaging them through that. But that does in- acquire, you know, inquire some costs there. It's kind of expensive. Um, another way is just by networking at different conferences. Um, sometimes it's by them reaching out to you. It can be a bunch of different ways. But historically speaking, in my for me, it's been Instagram DMs reaching out to people. Um I lost track. That's okay. We're we're doing we're this is <laughs> we're just having a conversation. A little, a little backstory here, you guys. Maggie and I not only like work together, but we do life together. We've known each other <laughs> for like yeah. thirteen years. Yep. Um, and we've lived in different states, but we live in the same state now, which is yep. just like such a god thing. Which I I love being around her, but we work out together. <laughs> we, I mean, our daughters are really close friends. Our sons are really close friends. Our husbands are really close friends. We've been on vacation together, so um, I love that aspect too. And we'll talk about that in future podcasts because I think people have always said like you shouldn't work with your best friends, but for yeah. us, it's like it's brought my business to a whole nother level. And then she's been able to start her own business. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's just cool. Like we have like meat for you guys in terms of like what it means to be an influencer and how you make money and all of that. But there's also just like a very, there's a lot of richness to our lives, like being together. And we want to encourage you to find those people and find those friendships because it really does 
Like it makes this even more fun. Yeah. <laughs> Another to, episode idea. Yeah. To be able to work with people that you really love. Um, okay. I can pick it back up. If okay. somebody has 25,000 followers, what I would recommend to that person is to start in your Instagram DMs. Start making a list of companies. I would say start with products you're already using right now so that it's super authentic, organic. You can speak to what you know about the product in your DM, but it's also just about starting a conversation saying you'd love to work with their brand. Do they have opportunities coming up where you could possibly partner with them on creating some content? I mean, that's where it all begins. And let me tell you, it is a numbers game. You're not going to send out one DM and get a response. Like that is just not how it works. Like you might send out 25 and get one response, but that that is a win, I'm going to tell you. Um, so it really is just about starting to send those out. Send them out on a regular basis. I keep spreadsheets of how often I've sent them out to brands. If I don't get a response, I'll send it again in another three months. So I would just say you have to kind of start a system for yourself. Start in the Instagram DMs start a conversation. And then when you get your response, then you can kind of tell them like, here's what I was thinking. And that's your pitch. Um, it has to do, sometimes your pitch could be seasonal. It could be, you go on their website and see they have a new product that they're launching. Um, it requires some knowledge about the brand and their products to tailor your pitch to what they're currently doing on their websites, in their socials. And you just give them some ideas of how you can integrate their products into the content you're creating. And I would say, give them a few ideas. Um, and think, don't just look at what they've posted in the past and do your own version. Like think of a new way. I think where I've seen pitches from smaller influencers be really successful is when it is something super unique and out of the box and maybe a piece of content that they haven't seen before. So that would be my recommendation. Yeah. I, I love that a lot because I've, what I've seen in the past few years is that changing, like the work that used to come my way and the sponsorships that used to come my way, they would have this creative brief and you had to say everything exactly how they mm -hmm. sent it. Um, and that was the way that it was done for a while, but then you would see the same type of content from different creators and, and people can sniff that out. They can sniff yeah. out like, this is really inauthentic. This person, this isn't in their voice. This isn't typically what they do. And I think companies are seeing the pushback from that. And so they're really looking for you to send a tailored pitch in that really speaks to your audience, that speaks to your authentic voice, that you're still like, you know, showing what the product does, telling what the product does, telling your experience, but you're doing it from a personal level instead of just seeing the same thing over and over again. People I think are getting really sick of that. Absolutely. And I think the companies have finally figured out like, I get it. Cause I used to work on the other side. We used to be so protective of that brand message and really just want that brand message to be so consistent across the board. But they're realizing that the sales are going to come when people authentically connect to the content. And if it's all the same across the board, you can't really do that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it is so important too. now that brand partnerships on socials are such a big thing. It's a very saturated market. It also, being a, having something unique helps you stand out amongst the noise, I guess, too, as part of it. If they 
you know, have a specific uh, campaign brief and every partner deal looks the same. Mm-hmm. It can get lost. And I think especially now that it that Instagram has made paid partnerships a little bit, there isn't as much organic reach anymore. Right. It's even more important to really connect with the community that follows you to kind of get the momentum going for it to be successful. Mm -hmm. And something that we have seen more in the past year is that whitelisting and Mm -hmm. that boosting the content. And what that basically means, if you don't understand those terms, is that the company will take your content under your name. So like for me, if I did a whitelisting program, uh, say I just did a commercial for paint, guys, because I do commercials for paint all the time. The company would take that in my voice with my name and they would put advertising dollars behind it and they would push it. And it's basically pushed as a commercial. It's paid paid views, paid eyes. And that's something that you have to charge more for because you're basically starring in a commercial that you produced, (laughs) that you created the content for. You worked with the brand to have the right messaging and get it approved and everything. But they're going to put more physical budget that they have behind that to boost that. And so that's something to keep in mind when you're working with um, brands as well. Well, Um, And that also goes with another trend that's happening right now is user generated content, which I've seen just this year really start to take over. And that's where a smaller influencer also can be really successful with brand partnerships. If you're creating super high quality video content Um, you can do what's called user-generated content for a brand. And what that is, is basically they're paying you to create a commercial that you might not ever post on your page, but they're going to post it on their socials and marketing. And if you are smaller and it is a bigger brand, it could possibly parlay into an opportunity for you to get a little traffic pushed towards your site. But it's also a great way to kind of get your foot in the door for some of these brand partnership deals. Um, because a lot of more a lot more companies now are just doing the user generated content instead of a brand partnership model. Right. And I think a good thing that you're bringing up is just like how proactive we are with sponsorships. And I'm not saying I am so cool and I have big numbers, but I have pretty big numbers. I have over 500,000, like with the big three with YouTube, with, um, TikTok and with Instagram. And we are constantly having to still continue to pitch. I don't have my DMs full with people being like, we want to work with you and pay you thousands of dollars. It's just not how it works. And like you said, the industry is only growing and they have so many people that they can work with and reach out with. So not only do you have to have a big following, but you have to be a good person. You have to be kind. You have to make your deadlines. Mm -hmm. You have to be flexible when they don't like something in your content to say, oh, well, how can I serve you? When they're asking for rushes, if you can do them, do them. Um, If you don't have time to do them, that's okay because that's not in the contract. Just know when to push back. And when not to, um, because the, you know, we have really, I think in the past year kind of slimmed down how many people we're working with. There was a point, you know, last year and even the year before that, we were just trying to do as many as we could because we weren't really getting the rate we wanted to. So we're like, okay. And I was completely burnt out. Mm -hmm. You were frustrated because you were having to be on me all the time being like, where is this? Where is this? (laughs) And we got it all done in time because that's the type of person I am. I will stay up all night to finish something, but the quality of life was not Not good. good. I was really burned out. Um, And so this year when we went back and we were renegotiating things, 
we said, Hey, who are the partners that we really like? Who are the partners that really like us that we work well with that they like my content? Maybe they didn't see great numbers on this or this, but they liked this and this and we gave them like an extra reel when something didn't perform well. And those are the people that we went back to and really, really did some I feel like deep negotiating that we haven't done in the past to try to get um, where we felt comfortable where it was value for both of us for me and for the brand. Right. And um, so we're doing less work this year, but it, we're bringing in the same amount of money as when I was like hustling and doing yeah. 500 million things. And that's not good for my audience either. No. Seeing so many different things. Um, so we're still figuring it out, you yeah. guys. I think it's always evolving, right. which is another reason you have to be, uh, have to really have a sense of urgency and be proactive because just because it happened one way, one year, it could look totally different. And that's a big trend in the industry too this year, along with user-generated content. I think brands are really wanting to form more long-term relationships Mm -hmm. rather than a bunch of one-off deals. And that's really how we've had success this year. Like she said, going back to brands we loved working with that we had success with, good back and forth, great communication, and started negotiating like six month, 12 month type partnerships, which is so nice for both the brand and the content creator, because you're not having to do this constant hustle cycle of, you know, making sure every quarter you've got your calendar, you know, as full as you'd like it to be. Um, so I think, yeah, we've had some success yeah. there this year. It's looked very different very to the different. past two years, though, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it is, you know, you do have to stay very flexible mm-hmm. and adjust. And and you have to stay calm. <laughs> yeah. And this is part of a reason when you can get to a place where you can work with a team, um, you should do it. And I think when I hired you, I probably didn't, I probably had no business hiring you. I probably didn't really have the budget to hire you. Um, it was, it's always hard to write checks, you guys. But since Maggie has come on and I have someone like supporting me and giving me an outside view, cause sometimes I can get tunnel vision and, um, and just like giving me encouragement <laughs> too. It's huge because this can be a super isolating thing and it's really easy to compare yourself to everybody out there. So as soon as you can surround yourself with people, even if you can't afford to pay them, maybe you give them a buy-in, be like, Hey, I'll give you a percentage anytime I get a deal. So we might not make any money this month, but maybe one day we will. There's a, there's a bunch of creative ways um, to go around it. And I just know like the collaboration thing has just been so huge for me and my growth. So well, I don't is, tell you enough. I just really appreciate yeah. you. I think a lot of people don't realize the back and forth involved in actually securing and executing brand deals because even sometimes with, I mean, cause it depends brand to brand, but there's some brands where it's like so much back and forth and to be creating content and have to also manage the back and forth sending in edits, rewrites, product orders, analytics, you know, all of that is a lot to manage. So if you do have somebody who doesn't like the creative aspect (laughs) and just likes to be really organized. (laughs) Okay. So there might be people out there right now that are, I'm completely overwhelmed by all the things that you're saying. Like at, where do I even like, 
where do I even start? Like I've been posting about, um, we're just going to, everything I say is going to be about paint. I have this paint that I'm using that I really like. So I want to reach out to that brand. Um, and they say, sure, I'd love to work with you. Um, we can, we'll give you a can of free paint and we need you to post three reels on it. What would be your advice to them? <laughs> well, my belief is that you should always be getting paid to, for your content. That's even if, is a small amount in your eyes and you think, why would I even ask for that? I think it's worth asking always. To that person, I would just say to respond back very kindly, thank you so much for your offer. I'd love to work with you and here's my rate. And even if it's $50, if it's $100 and it feels silly asking for that, I think you've set the precedent from the very start that you want to be compensated for your work. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that's how you start, even if it's those small dollars, because it really is just about setting the precedent. Now, if this is the product that they're offering you is a high dollar product. Yeah. What if they're like, what if it's like a stove or or a cloud couch that costs like $10,000? Okay. In that case... I haven't got any of those offers yet, though. So if there's anybody out there getting those. I think that, okay, to me, that is where you would consider accepting a product exchange. However, I think the catch is you post about their product on your page, but I wouldn't still not license them my content for free. I agree with that. That's how, when there's a product exchange at any level, okay, that's fine. I still think you should be getting paid, but... If you decide this product exchange is worth it, at at that point, you should just share about it on your pages. If they want licensing of the content you're going to post about this free product you've received, I still think there should be compensation there. Mm -hmm. And when you think about licensing, you guys, you really do need to think about especially if your face is in it. (laughs) Yeah. Like how long do you want? You don't want to give this company the right to use your face um, until the end of time. And that's usually what they ask for. Mm -hmm. And again, like companies are not the bad guy here. They have legal teams. They have, you know, things in place. They have standards in place that have just been there for a really long time. And social media is still a really new thing. And they used to just, if someone, say someone posted like a picture of a couch that they got, that company, and you tagged them, because people do that all the time. You just Mm -hmm. tag things for free to get a company's attention. They used to go in on the comments and be like, hey, we'd love to share this. Can we use this? Um, Comment yes, if we can. And then it takes you to like a website and you sign it and you literally sign away the image, the rights, and they can Mm -hmm. use it in any shape, form, any type of marketing they want. And they're not being evil. They're just covering their bases so they don't get sued or have to give you money in the future. Mm -hmm. And like, if you can get something for free and people don't know any better, of course, you're going to do it. It's just, it's kind of a standard that's been around for a long time, just because of the newness of what social media is and how you can get content and how you can put it up on your website and wherever else. So it's just something to keep in mind that if you do do something for a company, like they could put it on their Instagram, they could put it in a commercial, they could put it on a billboard, they could put it in their store, they could put it in their catalog, they, you just want to make sure that you're being compensated for that, because you did that work, like you pieced Mm -hmm. it together, you did the lighting, you shot it. 
And just like a graphic designer would want to get paid, a photographer would want to get paid. If they did a photo shoot, they would have to pay all those people on set. So it's just like, I think really educating each other. Yes. And setting a standard for your business. Right. And I think it's hard to go backwards from Mm -hmm. that when you've given away rights to license your image and your content for free you've now set that expectation with that brand that that they don't have to pay and compensate you for that so even again even if that's a small amount and you're like oh but i feel dumb asking for a hundred dollars it's still establishing Mm -hmm. the expectation that if we want to license your content as a brand, there's going to be monetary compensation involved. Yeah. And so I think a good thing to do is we talk about media kits and you guys might not know what a media kit is, but it's basically sitting down, looking what your audience is, looking at your audience breakdown, putting that, you know, on a one pager and then really setting rates for yourself. Like what would I charge for a reel? What would I charge for a picture? What would I charge if they wanted to put it on their website? And really thinking about that stuff, it it's hard. There's no magic formula. Um, there are some good places to start. There's some good... I, I mean, I think I have some of those written down. I should look. Oh, I do have some of that written down. Um, so, And this was just like off of some article that I did research on. And then we based it off of like what we have seen in our industry. But... Um, So I think with Instagram, they're saying with every 1000 followers you have, you can charge $10. Mm -hmm. So say you have 20, help me with my math, because I'm really bad with math. But if you had 20,000, $200, you could charge $200 for a reel. And so say, um, say it's like a beauty product, say they're like, Oh, we're going to send you these makeup brushes that cost what, let's say $20. Um, we're going to send you these makeup brushes for free. We'd love for you to do a reel in exchange. Well, you could come back and say, I saw the value of these brushes are $20. Um, just so you know, with my audience, I charge $200 for a reel. Would you be willing to pay me $180 on top of the product? You just ask. You just ask. And they might come back and say, no, but we'd be willing to pay you 50. And then you decide... If that's, if it's worth it, if it's worth it. And just to give you like an an anecdotal story, my first brand partnership I ever did was on YouTube back before I was even a full-time YouTuber. I was just mostly a stay at home mom and doing YouTube videos when I felt like it. Um, and I had a mattress company reach out to me and I had just painted a bed. So I was like, Oh, this makes sense. I just did a video where I painted my bed. So this isn't going to be that crazy to show on here. So they just wanted me to review the mattress. And I needed a new mattress. <laughs> we had like our mattress we had inherited from a family member, guys. It wasn't even brand new. And we have had, we had had it our whole marriage. And I was like, oh, this would be really nice to have a new mattress. So it was something that I needed. Um, and I looked up. They said, hey, we'll send it. Here's all the requirements. We just want you to do a review video, which I had no problem with because I had never done anything like that before. So I probably was just willing to give them anything. But I know better now. Um, and so I looked up how much it costs. And it cost, I think the mattress cost around $800 retail, which you need to know when, when something costs $800 for you to buy, it's not costing $800 for, for them, them to make. So <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit later. But when you're just starting out, um, I was like, okay, this is worth $800. I looked up, you know, did these little calculations that we had um, on a website called socialbluebook.com. And it gave me like, you could charge $1,000 for 
the size of audience you have on YouTube and the average video views you usually get. So I'm like, oh, so I went back to them and I said, hey, just so you know, for this type of video, even though I'd never <laughs> done one before, I said, I typically charge $1,000 and I see this mattress is $800. Would you be willing to give me $200 in monetary compensation on top of the mattress? And they said, yes. And that was the first time I got paid. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't know if you don't ask. Yes. It's always worth asking. And people are sometimes going to say no. And then you can decide if you still want to do it or not. Yeah. I think we've had some instances where we've done some Instagram deals in the past year. And I just, I really wanted to try the product and see if people were talking about it and said they really liked it. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm willing to try the product for this. Um, and then some of those partnerships ended going nowhere because they didn't want to pay after that. And that's okay. Um, yeah, but it if is. it's a brand you really, really like, and you've asked for money and they're not going to give you money, but you just kind of want to try to get in with them, that's okay too. Yeah. But don't keep doing it for free over and over again. But like you said, it can set a bad standard. So you just really have to weigh and judge for mm-hmm. yourself what you want to do. Exactly. And I think pricing too when you're sending out pricing to brands, something to consider is, do you already have a healthy resume on your Instagram page of partnerships that you've done? I was going to, when you consider the formula that Christina was talking about, that I would say that's really for the beginners who have never done it before. Right. If you have done several partnerships and you're wondering, what I should be pricing, I would say that, but maybe even a little more, because if you're able to tell a brand like, look here, I have this track record of successful brand partnerships. Here's their cost. Cost per view is something that I always use as a metric too to kind of evaluate partnerships or cost per impression. Even if you want to look real, real good. Um, (laughs) But I think that's when you can start maybe going to the higher end of what you're charging. But if you're just starting out, if you are kind of still figuring it out, getting the hang of maybe you've only had one or two, I would say stick to kind of that metric that she gave. But if you have more and you're able to kind of back up, you know, what you can do for a brand, then don't be afraid to ask for more because you can always go down yeah. in your negotiations, but it's very hard to almost impossible to go the other way. Right. So that's my personal strategy when okay. I'm quoting brands. I'm always going to ask for more than I think I'm going to get, but that's because we've done a lot of them and we, I can really yeah. back up, you know, what we can offer in the track record yeah. and the quality of the content. Right. So those are things to consider too, I think. And we have people come at us and tell us we're crazy for what we're charging. And we just say, okay, thank you. And we just kind of end the conversation because when they, I feel like we've had some come at us and be like, well, your rates are ridiculous. And it's like, when they come at you like that, it's best to just be like, oh, well, thank you for the opportunity. Because again, like when we go into negotiations, I think we always do it in a really honoring and Mm -hmm. respectful way and try to back up our data, but we're never like, how dare you? This is such an insulting offer. You just, you always want to go into those negotiations with such honor and respect. And when we don't get that same honor and respect back, I think it's always just been a red flag for us to be like, okay, we probably don't want to work with this. Also, I would say like consider their expectations too. When you're weighing out what you're charging, like 
Sometimes it is a red flag when they have a laundry list of either talking points, expectations, revisions. Um, If you're already having trouble in your communication just in the negotiations, to me, that's a red flag. When companies want really long um, payment terms (laughs) is a red flag to me. So I would say it's kind of looking at the big picture really, Mm -hmm. um, of what the brand is expecting, um, the deliverables, you know, the time frame you're working in, if they're asking for a rush, I'm charging extra. Oh yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. So I would say it's really important to consider all factors and be able to articulate that to them. Like you want it rushed, like uh, that means I have to push other projects aside. Mm -hmm. You want two revisions two chances to change for me to have to re go back and edit this that's extra time in production so just consider all of the factors and ask for more than you think you're gonna get okay because when they say yes you're like yeah yes and like never say yes to the first offer either i found no yeah you could always get like fifty dollars more (laughs) it's true But there is, I think there's humility in it too. You have to understand when you're like, you can't just be like, well, my friend asked, got this much and got this deal. They might've been like, first of all, they might be lying to you. No, no shade, but they might be lying to you. Um, Number two, like they might have different demographics than you have. They might have bigger reach. They might have a specific, specific region or just like audience that that person wants that that brand wants and that's why they're paying extra. So you really like, it's nice to see what other people are making, but you can't bank on that. Can't be your argument for why you think somebody should pay you more. Well, you gave that to my friend. Like you need to show them what your value is, what your worth is your content. It it really can't be like, well, you did that for this person. You got to do it for me. That's just not how this works. Well, And on that (laughs) note, be careful when you're sharing rates with people, because sometimes that is written into a contract that you're not supposed to that's really? why you won't notice me saying any <laughs> yeah. rates on here or saying any specific partners trouble because I, again, I yeah. honor my partners and I honor my contracts and, mm-hmm. um, I don't, I've had friends ask me for rates and I have said, you know, per my contract, I can't discuss that with you. And I've lost friendships over that, mm-hmm. but that's, you know, you, you need to, uh, you need to honor the, the, the commitment the commitments where you that signed you're your name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. But I think too, what we're talking about is this balance between coming at it with humility, but then also knowing like the value you're bringing right. to this company. So it's sort of a marrying of the two. <laughs> it's, it's so complicated. And it is a very tricky balance yeah. because essentially your time, your intellectual and creative property has value and you have to be in a place where you're not afraid to ask to be compensated for that, but also not coming in thinking you deserve, I'm entitled, like this is what you owe me. And so that's a delicate balance too, because I think we should always be confident to ask for compensation because our work has value and it is valuable and these companies really are not having to pay a whole camera crew, a lighting crew, production crew for these commercials. Script writers. Yes, yeah. all of it. All of it. So in a sense, they're getting off easy. They are. Right? They're getting a great deal, I think, guys. 
Uh, so I want you to talk to, cause you're so good at talking about this. Um, what do you say to the person that is out there and they have been giving away content for free or giving away content for product or, you know, felt so flattered when one of their favorite brands reshared their reel on their page without asking for permission. What do you say to that person? Well, I would say you have to feel strongly enough about getting compensated that you sort of draw a line in the sand. And even though it is tough to kind of work backwards from that, it's not impossible, but I will have to say you have to feel strongly enough that you're willing to say no, to lose those contacts, those collaborations, and maybe, maybe have maybe a discount, maybe a discount a product that you really like. Yeah. And, and maybe even have a period of time where you're kind of ramping back up and maybe there's a little bit of stillness and not as many partnerships, um, because you have decided to make that line in the sand to say no, um, and start asking just, I mean, it's like you have to resolve and you have to hold to your guns when those companies reach out to you to renew a contract, to do another deal. And you have to ask for the money. And, Mm -hmm. and also I think at that point you do have some leverage. If you have done content for them, you can come back and say, here, it's been so great working with you. Here's all we've done together. And here's the value I've brought to your company. Um, and so, and then ask for your compensation, but, and, and you do have experience to draw from. Yeah. So I would say really, it's like a personal (laughs) resolution It is to just say, okay, I'm done. Yeah. And move forward, be willing to say no, be willing to walk and away. It's not, I think what I want to share is that it's not easy, you guys. These no. are these are called crucial conversations for a reason. And I, if you're anything like me, I hate conflict, you guys. Mm, I hate conflict. Too. I hate feeling like, oh, I feel like I'm taken advantage of or I feel like there's something I have to tell you and it might strain our relationship. But I just want to tell you, as someone who has pushed through a lot of these conversations recently, like not only in business, but personally and personal things, um, something inside you tries to avoid conflict because there's breakthrough on the other side. So whether that's, hey, I'm not in a partnership that's not really working out for me anymore, or like now I'm going to be compensated for my my content, it feels better on the other side, yes, having the resolve, but it's never going to feel good going into it. It's not. So I just really want to encourage you to push through that and be strong. And as someone who's been like a people pleaser her whole life, it's okay not to please everybody. And you do like your content has value. Your voice has value. Your uniqueness that you bring has value. And yes, there are probably people who are going to keep doing it for free. Um, but they have to learn that it's, it takes all of us like kind of standing up for our intellectual property for it to become like a bigger Cultural thing change. and multiply yeah. and grow. Um, and like I said, we, I do not throw shade at companies because they're playing catch up just like we are. We're, we're getting really bad at hitting these I microphones, know. guys. I, I will get better. <laughs> I promise, but we keep hitting the microphone. So if you're listening in the, in the radio, on the radio, if you're listening <laughs> in your car or on your phone, I apologize. We will get way better at not hitting the microphones. 
I digress for a second. But um, companies are trying to grow and figure this space out just like we are. Mm -hmm. Um, They keep investing dollars in it. So that is a good sign. The creator economy is only growing. I think it's the best like entrepreneurial place to be. Um, we've shared a little bit of our story, but I, if you would have told me five years ago that this is what I was going to be doing full time, I would have said you're crazy. I would say you're crazy. And if people said you were going to start a podcast two years ago, (laughs) we would have been like, you're crazy. But we like, this is why we say we like to dive deep on here. I Mm. love the details. I love the nitty gritty. I could talk about this stuff all day long. And the funny thing is, as you know, I just shared a video on my YouTube kind of like of how my whole brand evolved. And people were like, this is so great. I love hearing this. It was like 23 minutes. I was like, no one is ever going to watch this. But that is the like, I feel like people know that I Mm -hmm. felt like people knew I'm not really selling my furniture anymore. But nobody knew that. So I was like, I felt everybody knew that I make money off my content. That's how I make a living. Like nobody knew that. And so I think with this podcast, our intention is just to just be able to dive deep and really talk about this stuff and the opportunity that there is and just like the value that you hold as a unique person and Mm -hmm. a unique soul. And there's just so much potential in this space and to be able to work for yourself. Like it's really, it's fun. You guys, it's overwhelming at times, but it is fun the way that it evolves and changes. And so we, we're also out here trying to like help companies, I think, understand where the content creators are coming from. Cause I think we, we both are in our own little corner and we get so defensive sometimes, but I would just love more transparency between content creators and companies being like, here's what I have to offer you. And then being like, okay, but this is the only amount of money we have to offer you. And like, how can we put you into our marketing plan? And where can we cut like almost us becoming kind of um, consultants to them? Like, here's how like, here's how you build up your content creator thing. And here's where you could pull back. And I don't know that I'm dreaming big, I guess. Yeah. And all of it, (laughs) I think ties back to You have to have a solid foundation. You have to really be rooted in knowing your own value, Mm -hmm. your own worth, and it not be based on whether a company says yes or no or pays you or not. And I think this is what we're going to dive deeper into in our next episode. So stay tuned for that. But I really think that is the key because if we're, if our self-worth is based on whether a company Mm -hmm is willing to pay us whether they say yes or no, it's going to be stressful life. Like, so as content creators, as entrepreneurs, I think you have to really spend your time getting us that solid foundation internally, spiritually, um, knowing your worth, knowing your value, being confident in that and you know, I think that's really challenging, especially as women, because mm-hmm. our nature is people pleasing. <laughs> if you're not a people pleaser, though, I want to hear about it in the comments. Yes, like for I want to sure. hear about where you're at. Like if you're an influencer, if you're just like, I just stumbled upon this, Christina, and I just want to hear what you're talking about. We really want to hear from you guys um, yes. in the comments. So absolutely. And tell us what you want to hear more of on the podcast. Like you're joining the conversation mm-hmm. with us. So we want to know what you want to talk here about in the Cypress room with <laughs> us, guys. This is the Cypress room. You are here. You're welcome. We want to feel like you have a chair and you're just pulling up with us and we're having a little chat. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
I think I feel like we've talked about all we can talk about about this subject. What do you think? Yes, because if we segue <laughs> into the next subject, we'll be here for another we'll hour. For another, so we'll just save it the, for next that time. That is the beauty of this, guys. We're going to be back week after week. Um, just like we said, diving deep. I love to go deep. So this is like Absolutely. giving me so much life. I, you know, I make TikToks. I make Instagrams, guys. But like, I don't want a 30 second video. I want to... 30 minute, 45 minute video of you telling me your life story. So if you're like that too, hit me up in the comments yes. and let me know. A conversation where you say, oh, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah, for sure. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's our goal. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, we're still figuring out how to, how to end these things, but I guess I we'll just end it. Um, thanks for being here, friend. I had so much fun chatting with you. Yeah. I love your insight and your wisdom. Thanks. This is fun. <laughs> We'll see you all next time. We'll see you guys next time at the Cypress Room. Bye.